0: Welcome to The Jay Kim Show. This is your host, Jay Kim. I am an investor, author, and fitness entrepreneur. And for the first time in Asia, I sit down with the world's most brilliant minds in business, investing, and entrepreneurship. You'll learn all the secrets, strategies, and formulas to becoming a successful entrepreneur directly from the masters. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insight to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. Today's show guest is one of my friends and fellow podcasters here in the trenches in Hong Kong, and his name is Casey Lau. Casey is one of the co-founders of Startups Hong Kong, which is basically the very first startup community that was ever set up in Hong Kong. What started off as a simple meetup group for people in Hong Kong Who wanted to learn about startups and early stage investing has grown into becoming the leading platform for startups and entrepreneurs in this city casey and his team have done so well in fact that they got the attention of the organizers of web summit the organizers there were looking for a venue and a local partner to do a conference in asia they chose hong kong and who better to partner up with than the pioneer himself Casey Lau. Rise is now the largest technology conference in Asia and they have an amazing lineup of speakers. This week is Rise Week. We have Gary Vaynerchuk, Dave McClure, along with a ton of executives from the top companies such as Grab, Google, Garena and Razor that are joining us as speakers to the event. So Casey is a great guy and him and his partner, Gene Su, are always generously giving to the ecosystem here in Hong Kong. Uh, And his work in Hong Kong was an early inspiration for me, actually, because I didn't see any sort of ecosystem here in Hong Kong, which is why I spent a lot of time traveling to Silicon Valley and learning about early stage investing in startups myself. And Casey was the one that basically brought a lot of that culture over to hong kong and cultivated the ecosystem here locally so we have to thank casey for the great work that he's done here in hong kong casey also launched his podcast recently which is called the rise cast which i'm actually very excited about because uh, as you know there's not a lot of high quality podcasts out here in asia so to have a fellow podcaster out here in hong kong especially is very exciting he has a great show with a lot of high quality guests a lot of them who i know personally and so it's been really fun listening to his show Uh, And it's called RISEcast. So go over and listen to that. They're all speakers at the RISE conference, which is this week. It's a huge week in Hong Kong. If you haven't done so already, grab your tickets, go over to RISEconf, C-O-N-F.com and check out what all the buzz is. So let's jump right into the show. And I think you're going to enjoy what he has to say about the conference. Casey, thank you so much for coming on The Jay Kim Show. We're very happy to have you. Thanks, Jay. Glad to be here. So for the audience that's listening in from outside of Hong Kong, who is Casey Lau and what do you do? And I say outside because pretty much everyone in the Hong Kong ecosystem will, will know who you are. So for our listeners listening in from outside, please give us a quick introduction. Who do you, who, who's Casey Lau? What do you do for a living?
1: Well, I do a bunch of
0: different things,
1: but I guess the thing that started off in the last few years and kind of gave me some notoriety in the the startup world is that myself and three other guys, we started a thing called Startups HK, which of course stands for Startups Hong Kong. And basically it's a community of startups. And we started this around, you know, I hate to say it, but it was seven years ago now already since we're in 2017. So we started in 2010. And actually what happened was that one of the uh, Government facilities here called Cyberport held an mm-hmm. angel conference in 2010 and invited a guy named Dave McClure.
0: <laughs> this is
1: before he was 500 startups. I believe he was managing Facebook's fund.
0: Um, uh, yeah, FP fund. Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, and so he came to town and he was on stage with a bunch of the Silicon Valley guys talking about startups and all this crazy stuff. And of course, at that time, the people who were going to that there was an audience of about 200 people already. And everybody read TechCrunch. That was like the thing. And we're reading yeah. about these crazy ideas getting funded in Silicon Valley. And we're like, "Oh man, we want to do that too." So at that conference, somebody asked him, "Hey Dave, what should we do once you guys from Silicon Valley go back to uh, the U.S.? You know, you created all this excitement amongst the audience here. What should we do?" And I'll never forget this because this is what Dave told me. And then every time I talk to Dave, I tell him about, I tell him the story. Or anybody I meet that knows Dave, I tell him the story. Basically, he said, "You guys should get together, meet at a coffee shop." and start your own ecosystem. And uh, that's the first time I ever heard that word outside of like a science class, right? I was like, oh, really? That's interesting. So and basically, we just did what he said. And then that was it. We never heard from him again until like a couple years later. But basically, a bunch of us got together at a coffee shop, and we just started talking about startups. So all of us were in the startup, all thinking of ideas. And then it was like a support group. Or like I like to tell people, it was like an Alcoholics Anonymous, where we'd all sit (laughs) in a circle and tell everybody, hey, I'm in a startup. Um, this is what I do. Uh, this yeah, is my, this yeah. are my problems I have right now. Can anybody help me? Hi, Casey. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> awesome. It was so much fun, and that was the early days. And um, we have some pictures I was just sharing on Facebook of those early days not too long ago. And it's funny, like a lot of those people are still in the in the in the society, still in the ecosystem. And then some of them have sold their companies. Some of them are still doing their startups. Some of them have gone back to corporate life. But it's uh, quite interesting to see um, how far it's come. Uh, Since then, and so Startups HK, you know, has grown from like those five guys at a coffee shop. We have a newsletter and a social media reach of over ten thousand people who are interested in what's happening in Hong Kong. And all we do is uh, we don't have; it's not a formal company. It's more like a community. So we just put on events all the time. So like at the beginning, people are just hungry for knowledge of how to Mm -hmm. build their startup. You know how to get customers, how to find investors, and all this kind of stuff. Get media exposure. So that's all we did. We put on the first conference back in twenty ten. So it was called Startup Saturday and it was at Cyberport. And mm-hmm. we had like 500 people show up. Microsoft sponsored it, bought lunch for everybody. Nice. And uh, it was great. We had like, you know, we had Douglas Young, the, the founder of uh, GOD. He was mm-hmm. a key, our keynote speaker because he was the only guy we knew that was kind of <laughs> like doing his own business that was really successful, um, wasn't tech related. And then Patrick Lee, I think you've had him on your show before yeah, yeah, sure. so he started um alive not dead of course alive, and, not dead, yeah. and uh that's from rotten tomatoes and he's and he lived out here so we we had him talk to us and then we had a couple of guys have gone on to like you know yc and stuff like that and do some talks so it was pretty good pretty exciting and that's basically all well, it's that's where it started and so from there it just started getting bigger and bigger we started our own co workspace space in Chai, and it was like a 1000 square foot place again i never heard this word before I'm like, why? This is just like an office though, right? An office yeah. with no walls. That was what it was. And uh, <laughs> and it smelled funny because nobody really took out the garbage and things like that. And it was just the beginning. But people crammed into that place. We had talks every week. You know, it's just like the beginning. It was really cool. It was like the, you know, I can imagine it's something like, I mean, not like, but something similar to like, you know, when Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak went to those, you know, computer shows and showed right. what they were building with everybody else. That's what it felt like. It felt like something was happening just very exciting. And anyway, I guess we just caught the wave at the right time as it grew up. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm famous for in Hong Kong. And I've been doing that for a little while now. And then so that kind of led into me being the co-host for the RISE conference, which is the probably the biggest tech conference, innovation conference out here in Asia, outside of China, as well as working with a company in Hawaii called Blue Startups, which is the startup accelerator, which I'm also working with as an entrepreneur residence and a, and a venture partner.
0: That's awesome. That's a, such a cool story about how you guys did start up Hong Kong. I mean, I remember, I remember the ecosystem back then, and it was there was nothing. It was very nascent, and it was around the same. Yeah, that's funny because you you mentioned seeing Dave here, and then I met him just a year after when he started at five hundred in Silicon Valley because I invested in in his fund and. Basically, I went there because there was nothing in Hong Kong. And I was like, okay, well, I am interested in early stage investing, but there's no ecosystem. So I had to fly myself out a couple of times a year to Silicon Valley just to get my education, right? Yeah. So um, that's awesome. I don't know if I've ever asked you this. What, what did you do before startups HK? Well, I guess the way
1: that I actually got into all this is that I actually did my own startup back when they were called dot coms. So I've been doing this for a long long time. I started when I was really young. And basically, I guess so you could say I was one of the pioneers at the original time like the the dinosaur time of uh, of this kind of technology world. So I had an e-commerce startup. It was called actionace.com. And basically, nice. I was when I first came to Hong Kong, I started a web design company that we designed websites for people back when you know before flash was even out, right? So it's just oh, HTML yeah. websites. People wanted websites and people used to ask us um, after we built their website, how do we make money off this? We just paid you yeah. guys like a ton of money to make this. What are we? How are we supposed to make money? I, and we said that was our number one thing. Amazon was starting out. We're like, you should start e-commerce, start selling things online. That was our advice. <laughs> that's how that's how high tech we were back then, right? And yeah. uh, and they're and they're like, okay, how do we do that? We're like, yeah, exactly. How do you do that? We don't know, right? There's no Shopify. There's no oh, yeah. Facebook. There's nothing like this to help you to just, you know sell anything. I think eBay. Hadn't come out, or it's just coming out at this time no, yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, so we, so basically, we built an e-commerce engine. So we were one of the first e-commerce sites in, based out of Hong Kong. And what we did is we sold toys to the world. And of course, they weren't just normal toys. Like they weren't like uh, um, little kids' toys. These are collector toys. So we sold, <laughs> and this was back in what '97. So this was also the re-release of the Star Wars films. So they did these oh, yeah. like special editions where they redid yeah, yeah, all the yeah, special yeah. effects. And so, of course, the people who were little kids when it came out are now adults and have money to buy their own Tie Fighters and lightsabers and things like that, right? So that's what we did. We used the internet to sell that stuff out to the, around the world because being here in Hong Kong, the toys would come out made in China. They'd yeah. come to the Hong Kong and then they would ship out to LA for you know exposure to across the U.S., right? So we get them first, and people would use the internet to buy them and and uh, order them with FedEx. So they'd have them first, and we you know they'd be worth like lots of money because collectors were crazy and rich.
0: So they wanted to buy them. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think the web 1.0 years, it's, it's so funny thinking back then. I mean, I I wasn't in, I wasn't, I never worked for like a web company in the 1.0 years, but I remember when I first learned HTML and, and it took me. And when Flash came out, I was like, "Oh my God, this is this is a game changer," you know. And I think I I hold up for a weekend, me and my buddy, and we made our first Flash website. Like it was just like a landing page or something. And it took us the whole weekend. And then obviously Flash doesn't exist anymore. But uh, yeah. those were those were fun days. Let's see. So fast forward. So startups HK now startups HK is literally. I mean, there's no. It's not like a, there's no revenue model. It's just literally just a organization where you were just serving the the audience here, right? Correct. Yeah. And so that's, I I think that's great because I think that here's the problem. So when I coming from, I have a banking background finance and the finance, the finance industry is, is sort of built around this mentality of scarcity where all you're doing is trying to make the most money. And it's what you know everything from having a client it's how much can you charge them to trade with you or how much fees can you charge for this investment banking transaction and it's so based on scarcity that people coming out of that uh, model they don't they don't think about anyone but themselves and so to tell someone from that background oh you have to go now and do something for free they'd be like what what are you talking about what do i get out of it right so i think that's great that you 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 set out that way and uh and you you planted the flagpole start you know startups hk and it's actually grown and now you know it's probably you know it's given you a lot in return maybe not necessarily directly financially but by way of networking and oh yeah definitely
1: and you mentioned like the banking angle which is true but actually in hong kong you know at the time that i've been here it's a very you know commerce driven city right Nobody in any industry would get would help you to succeed here, right? So if you were in banking, real estate, or anything where there was money to be made, you're on your own, right? You would never really learn. So when we started talking to startups and helping them for free, of course, yeah, everyone was shocked. Why would you do this for free? And also people would try to get us to sign NDAs before they told us their ideas. You know, things (laughs) like that. Like if everyone's like, oh my God, they're gonna steal my because this I don't know. I don't know what it's like in, in the States, because, you know, we didn't really do this in the U S but in Asia, it's like, that's definitely a big thing. Like only recently, I think people start to let go on that because people found out, Oh, it's not just, it's just an idea. It's like the execution is the most important part. But back then it was like, Oh, you want to do, um, you want to sell like dog products online. I can't tell you the whole story because that's, you're going to steal it from me because, you know, it's such a great idea and nobody else can do it except for me. Right, so So yeah, exactly. Right, so that that was the one thing that I think that I really love to see change in Hong Kong, especially, is to see people who would normally not give their time for free, giving their time for free and mentoring startups and coming out to talks. I mean, mean, we're getting people that are not necessarily in technology, so because it seems like in the technology world, everybody's like already, yeah, no problem. I'll come out and do a talk. Like, I still remember we did our second Startup Saturday. And Brian Chesky from Airbnb was in town for another conference. And I got him in the bathroom at the uh, Grand <laughs> Hyde and said, hey, you know, we're doing another conference this weekend. If you're still here, I'd love for you to come out and just say hi to everybody. And he's like, eh, I don't know. But then he showed up. No, <laughs> and, okay. and he blew everybody away with his the whole story of how he came up with this thing. And it was like nice. a ovation moment. It was like crazy. People were going absolutely nuts. so I'll never forget something like that right now today he's like you know Airbnb's massive back then it was still just starting off right but it was just that founders have that kind of openness to just kind of share um, about all the mistakes because you know all the stuff they made with the cereal and everything like that all the problem they ran out of money and all this crazy stuff you know who would share a failure story as well especially in Asia nobody would tell yeah I, I, I did some stupid stuff everybody here wants to look cool smart and never made a mistake, right? And and they want to charge for it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. so, so the whole startup world is just like, I think it's really, really changed a lot of people's mind in Asia. And I think that is one, if if anything else, that has been its number one thing that it's done.
0: So we've both been sort of along the ride and seen the changes that has happened. Can you talk to, to the audience a little bit about... The the current state of the Hong Kong ecosystem versus, you know, I've, I think it's pretty well known that it was nascent. There was nothing uh, back when you started 2009-ish. Fast forward to today, there's something like over 50 co slash accelerator, pre-accelerated spaces. There's a number of more prominent VCs that are actually actively investing in startups. There's, a, you know, 5,000, whatever, 2,000 startups. Homegrown startups in the ecosystem, the government is obviously trying to support as much as possible, as well as the corporate sector. You know, places like KPMG is very, uh, Y is very heavily involved, and Blueprint and and spaces like that. So, where do you see? uh, What's the current state, and what are the challenges that still exist in in Hong Kong uh, that we're facing on a daily basis?
1: Well, I think that obviously, yeah, it's come a long way, and I think that a lot of the the stuff that's happened in Hong Kong have been thanks to expats coming into the market here. Right. Mm. I think that that is something that a lot of people looking out or looking in from outside, not, not knowing it's like the hive was the main co workspace, space, the serious one. Like we started the first one, but that wasn't really a serious one. Like the hive came in and kind of showed everybody like,
0: yeah,
1: this is what a co workspace is. It's like <laughs> yeah. high end, it's expensive. It's got hosts. It's not. It's got free coffee. It's got open spaces. It's got networking areas. It's got a community. It's got all these things. And so, Constant who's the founder of that. He came out from the UK here and brought his whole family here and decided to jump into this, into this whole new world. Like I'm not sure if I don't. He has a video game background, so he's not even in from this background. But he's uh, he brought his whole family out here to build this. And I think when people saw that, they're like, "Oh, what is this? This is interesting." Because I think you know all those old places like the Regus's. And these kind of yeah. business centers that are like white yeah. walls, and they charge you for everything you touch in the room, right? And this is like um, you know a disruptor in that in that kind of world. And as you know, in Hong Kong, there's tons of transient uh, people that come back and forth out of here from Europe, from the U.S., doing business, trading in China, whatever, right? So why not have these kind of places where people can meet, and it's not such a you know a drudge of life to get you know come through Hong Kong all the time? So I right. think that that's one of the things about the co space that's set up. And of course, as you know, right, Hong Kong's property, there's like, I'm looking out the window right now and I see tons of empty floors in Quarry <laughs> Bay here that I'm sure somebody's thinking about turning into a co-work space, all right? Yeah. I think today yeah. somebody told me one of the entertainment companies, EEG, is opening a co-work space now. Oh, right? wow. So, Interesting. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of co-work space here. So, I mean, but that's great, right? There's a co-work space, right? There's a, there's a cooking co-work space now. I think there's a couple of them actually have opened up. And so I see this as a as a great way to start, you know, just... Bringing ideas together, and that's that's what Hong Kong desperately needs. is a place for people to come up with ideas and meet people who are in similar worlds that don't don't know each other, and hopefully they can work together and create something cool.
0: Yeah, there's a ongoing sort of debate. I mean, amongst the the people in Hong Kong and 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 those outside, and it's talking about Hong Kong's competitiveness as a place to build a company, to start a company, and you have this backdrop. You're just talking about property. You have this backdrop of the ridiculously, you know, high property prices that almost weed out a lot of, of, of the weaker players. Uh, and and as a startup, you know, you don't, <laughs> you're pretty, you're scrapping pretty hard uh, for survival. Um, and so the last thing you want to have to do is to pay high rent, right? And so if you have a nice co-working space that you can go into that somewhat accommodative on pricing, then uh, that'll prolong at least your runway for a bit. And then we have this whole thing of, OK, Hong Kong itself is losing its competitive edge to China, to maybe Shenzhen, financially to maybe Shanghai. How do you see Hong Kong as a competitive city to, to build a company, to start up? And where do you see the most opportunity for growth in our region?
1: OK, so I want to preface this with saying that I have actually traveled to a lot of the startup ecosystems in Asia over the last few years. So mm, I've okay. been to I've been to Japan. I've been in Korea. I've been in Singapore. I've been to Malaysia. I've been in China, Taiwan, everywhere. I've seen what's happening. So I have a I have a I wouldn't say an expert understanding of the whole market here, but I would say that I'm looking at it enough that I can see what's building and what's where the markets are are ha- happening. So and of course, but I do live in Hong Kong part of the time of the year now. So and I have been here for a while, and and we have startups HK. So people might say what well, I think whatever I say is a bit biased. But mm-hmm. I try not to be, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't want to. That's one of the reasons why we don't. We're very agnostic. That's one thing I like. We don't. We love all the co work spaces, and we don't. We're not like on anyone's team. We're just happy that they're all there. Where you know we're not. We don't. We're look happy that there's investors here. We're happy that everybody's here, and so we don't want to like choose sides or pick sides on anything, right? That's the main point. I think why we are uh, well known is because we just help everybody, right? right? As long as they're on the level, we we want to help them. So looking at the landscape in Asia. I'm definitely seeing that Hong Kong is one of the best places in Asia to do a startup. All right. Wow, okay. and so why is that? Right. Okay. Right. If you're going to talk about property prices and rents, yes. But I, I don't know if you've been to San Francisco lately, but it is mm-hmm. super expensive. And I went True. to Honolulu and it is also super expensive Honolulu. And True. Honolulu isn't as obviously connected as Hong Kong or San Francisco is. Right. So people just want to live there. I'm originally from Vancouver. Vancouver prices are out of control. Everybody wants to live in places that are awesome, right? So Hong Kong is one of those places. But of course, you know, you can live here with you know, without totally being gouged, right? And the, we have an amazing transportation system and stuff like that. So I even lived in the new territories for a while, right? And I didn't find it like that, you know, oh my God, it's just so far away to get to central or whatever, right? So I, <laughs> I really didn't think that those are the, those are the things that you know, maybe if you had to drive from, you know, East Bay to, to downtown San Francisco every day. Maybe that might drive you a little crazy. Or if you're in LA, you gotta drive across LA. That of course that would be drive you a little crazy. But um, Hong Kong, with you know, I fi- I find that the transportation system is fantastic. I also find that remembering the rest of Asia is not as open to expats as Singapore and Hong Kong are. Right. Mm. So when you come here, you do get a mixture of different people. I mean, I've met people from around the world doing startups in Hong Kong. But I go to like right. Seoul. And I'm it's mostly Korean people doing startups in Seoul, right? I go to Japan, I met one or two Western founders there. And I was surprised that they were they were doing the startups in Japan for the Japanese market, right? So hmm. I find that to be challenging. You go to if you're if you're a westernized person, European person going into China, wow, I think that's uh, you're pretty brave to try and try and try and tackle that market without a full understanding of the market or yeah. somebody really Chinese on your team, right? So if you're yeah. coming into, if you're doing startup Hong Kong or Singapore, okay, I'm going to say Singapore to a little bit of degree because they are the easy drops for uh, different pe- different kinds of people. And I think you need to have that mix, right? The US market, people always say US, Americans. It's not really, right? You go to Silicon Valley, there's people from Russia there. There's people from all over the world mixing together with their ideas. And that's mm. why the ideas are so great there because there's all these different people from India, from Asia, from Europe, everywhere mixed together in Silicon Valley. It's like the place to be, right? So same with same with Asia. You'd have to look for those places. People come, love China. China has a huge number of people, but nobody wants to live there, right? I mean, this the lifestyle, the, the air pollution. There's all these things that people are like, I, can't, I just can't handle this. The slow internet is another big thing, right? If you're right. building a global yeah. business, how can you do that out of China, right? It's just impossible. If you're building it for China, great, good for you, so that you should be in China and doing it inside China. But Coming out and trying to take care of Asia from Hong Kong, and Singapore, these are the places I would definitely think are gonna be the places. And then the last thing about that is, you know, the community and ecosystem. Ecosystem's not just, you know, investors and startups and developers and creative people. It's actually the city in general, right? Why mm-hmm. is rise in Hong Kong, right? Singapore, you know, honestly, I would actually love to have rise in Singapore, right? Because it would be bring a lot. But the thing is, Hong Kong has a lot of things that Singapore doesn't have and a lot of things that Taipei doesn't have. It's a place where people are easily can easily assimilate into and easily get around. These are the great things about it. So there's great coffee shops, great restaurants, there's all kinds of stuff going on here, right? You live here, you know that yeah, I think you understand what I'm saying, right? It's not
0: yeah, yeah.
1: it's just like the whole package rather than just like just one piece of the package. So
0: Absolutely. but in the
1: future though, I see that whichever city can build the best talent factory or talent attractor magnet, that city will win. So Singapore hmm. is doing a very good job with that, making yeah. it very easy for people to move there, open offices there, tax subsidies, all this kind of stuff, nice housing, schooling for kids, all these kind of things will definitely help Singapore to attract talent. But then once they get there, you know, is it is it is it deep, is it deep enough for these people to appreciate, right? When people come yeah. in for rise, one of the things I always say is Hong Kong has this really cool like edgy feel. It's like kind of modern, but it's also kind of old. And so it's kind of like a New York more than like a Silicon Valley or like an LA. It's kind of more, you know, it's got this special feel to it. And a lot of people like that kind of thing. Where in Singapore, it's a little bit too clean. That That's, yeah, that's, what, that's, the, word, that's the word I'm going to use. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: It's a little sterile. I mean, I think Hong Kong has a very Hong Kong also has a very unique landscape. You know, I mean, having mountains and you know a bay and harbor, water and, and mountain. It's it's quite rare. I mean, there's not a lot of cities in the world that are, are are made up like this. So, let's say I'm an investor from the U.S. or or I'm yeah I'm an investor from the U.S. and I'm coming to Hong Kong for the first time. I just wanna I want to get my boots dirty. I want to see what what what's going on from a as agnostic of a view as possible where are the hotspots that I should be hitting in addition to Rise which is probably the largest you know the largest tech conference uh, in Hong Kong uh, what other areas locations co-work spaces uh, communities organizations events should should I check out if I would just want to get a feel for what the startup scene's like in Hong Kong
1: well in Hong Kong yeah well Rise is only once a year so that comes in like a atom bomb explodes and brings everybody from around the regional of the world to see what is going on in Asia, but based out of Hong Kong. Right. But during the rest of the year, there's so much stuff going on here that it's hard to keep track of everything. So, you know, it's, there's like, so the hive has a bunch of locations with a bunch of different stuff going on. There's garage society. They have a bunch of stuff going on. They have a bunch of different venues now that have different events going on. They have a calendar, on their website and in their offices. And I'm just like, wow, there's so much stuff going on. There's like two or three things going on. General assemblies teaching classes here. Um, You know, there's just like, so now everybody's trying to define a vertical, right? So this is the main point. Otherwise you're just gonna go into these because when we started, it was easy just to do general, you know, how to raise money and Mm -hmm. how to hire people. And it's just like the basic stuff and people, everybody would come out because that was the thing. Now it's places like Meta and Central might focus more on fintech. Right mm-hmm. And Brink, also in Central, focuses on hardware and IOT. So right. now it's becoming completely siloed, which is great, because I think that you know building tribes in these different verticals is very important. And so when people come to town, I know, okay, that's the guy I talked to. Bay McLaughlin, he's the guy for hardware. Go talk to him, right? right? If you want to talk to the people at Meta and expose yourself to that community, Tony Verb, he's the guy. Right? right, so I'm so happy that because if I was the only guy that was doing all this, I would I would say we failed hugely, right? <laughs> now we have like dozens of people out there doing stuff, and you're doing a podcast now, and you're bringing people from here. I'm doing a podcast, so we all have these people that are saying different things and are all like leaders and know different people that can help other people connect into the ecosystem, right? And I think that if I was to say, tell me who those people are in say Tokyo. I may be a little bit hard to tell you who those people are, right? If I said who's the leader guy that does this, this, and this, it'd be a little bit hard. That's why I think in Hong Kong it's great because if if I don't know the guy, I know the guy who does know the guy. Right? That's true. So and same with you, right? And same as Bay, you know, and they need to introduce or the, even the government, right? The Invest HK arm that does a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff—they know everybody as well, so they're able to point the guy in the right direction. So when they come to Hong Kong, no time wasted. I can make these connections to you before you land and then boom, you have three days of amazing meetings, meeting the right people and then off you go or you move into Hong Kong next, whatever.
0: That's actually a good point. I mean, I it was one of the first things that I realized when I moved to Hong Kong back in 2005 uh, was how, despite it being a major city with 7 million people, how close and how small it actually was and I don't know if it's just because I was an expat and, and the circles that I hung out with but it just felt like it is exactly what you said. If I didn't, if I didn't have direct access to someone, I knew someone that had direct access to that person that I wanted to meet. So it's it's definitely a very good place to accelerate, you know, your your company or or your networking if that's what you want to do. Let's take a moment and talk about Rise. Um, it's coming up soon, and uh, and it'll be, uh, it's you know, like you said, the biggest biggest tech event in Asia. What what, what do we have to look forward to uh, this year at Rise?
1: Well, okay, so it's gonna be July eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth at the Hong Kong Convention Exhibition Center, which is the right in the middle of the city and uh, which is great. And it's in a bigger section of the convention center this year. We're expecting fifteen thousand people this year. So wow. it's been it's been doubling every year, which is great. And I mean we're it's gonna be a lot of the same stuff but just amped up again, right? So we have an amazing speakers coming in from around the world, which I'm very excited to be helping. The speakers team this year, getting a lot more um, big names from Hong Kong up on stage, but they're bringing in people from the US and Europe, all over. Ch- we got a lot of Chinese speakers too, which is very exciting. They are coming out of China to Hong Kong and talk about what's going on in the mainland market, which I think is great because a lot of people want to come out and listen to this, and we're bringing to bring them to Hong Kong to speak. And of course, we get the startup booths. We've got the, and I don't know if you've, have you been to Rise in the oh, past? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah one of the things I like about this event is that okay, and remember everybody who's listening is that this is not my event. This is the brainchild of Paddy Cosgrave in Dublin, Ireland, who created the Web Summit, and um, this show is like sixty thousand plus people in Lisbon in November, right? It's like the third biggest technology show now in, in the in the world, and he happened to choose Hong Kong as the location for the Asia show, which he's called Rise. Right now, they're in New Orleans. Uh, with collision, which is their U.S. show, and they're going to do we're going to do an uh, Indian show um, next year called Surge. So that's oh, wow. specifically for the India market. Yeah, it's exciting. That's so awesome. we're expanding out. They each have their own names, and basically, Patty chooses a co-host in every city to be like the guy on the ground that kind of helps to you know call the community together and open the door for all the guests that are coming in. Basically, all the attendees are guests at this giant party that he's throwing around the celebration of technology and innovation and just exciting (laughs) stuff that's happening. Right. So, um, it's kind of like, and so when you go to this thing, I've been to a lot of different conferences in Asia and basically, you know, they follow a similar format. There's talks on the stage and then there's startup booths and then that's it. Basically you make your way through it. Hopefully you can get attention of somebody you want or you find somebody you're looking for. It's, it's not very organized because it's not usually run by conference people. It's run by maybe a blog or, you know, somebody who's not really, or or an event company that's not really in startup events, right. you know, they kind of run it like a trade show, which is not what right. it is either, right? So Web Summit runs a uh, rise like a like a networking event on steroids, right? Basically, people are coming in. If you're an investor and you come in as a, with an investor badge, you're not just like you, there's a special lounge for you. Um, you tell us like I want to meet early stage fintech companies um, that are concentrating on blockchain, and then we set those meetings for you, so you don't have to like you know, wander around aimlessly through the stuff, right? Um, A lot of the speakers come because they want to meet the other speakers, right? And then we have all these speaker dinners. We have pub crawls. There's just a lot. And then last year, we're going to do it again. We're doing startup drive where we have a bunch of Teslas with investors inside. And Hmm. then uh, startups can sign up to take a drive around Hong Kong and pitch them an idea within... 30 minutes. And uh, if, if they don't like them, they just get left on the corner on the street. No, <laughs> they get sent back to the main, main location, but you I was thinking, do we just do that. that. Would be
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just pick up random startups on the street and let them pitch inside. Um, we're doing startup ferry. So we ran out the star ferry and we put, you know, put a bunch of beer on there with a bunch of startups, take them around the Harbor. Nice. Cause you know, we, that's one of the great things about Hong Kong. Again, it's like, we have so many of these cool things that um, are part of the city's character, right? That yeah, add the to this trend, thing. And a lot of people have never fairy, been to Hong yeah. Kong for an yeah. event because we don't have these kind of shows here, right? They're mostly these trade shows that are done by the uh, TDC that are like you know, oh, meet meet vendors from China. Like, this is the kind of usual trade shows that are done here. So this kind of party atmosphere conference is not not something normal. But Hong Kong is totally set up for this kind of thing.
0: Oh yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, it, it, when you go to you know you 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 and I have both been to tons of conferences, and it's very rare that I plan a longer than the actual conference to stay in a city. But that's exactly what people do when they come yeah. to Rise is they, they make a week or a weekend or a week, a full week out of it with weekends bookending it. And the other thing that I wanted to mention was what I really appreciated about Rise was, as you said, it's like a tech company. Uh, it's like a startup that does it. And so the communication, like the app and that functionality is just so slick. You know. When I signed up last year and I was, I came in with the investor badge or whatever, and it was literally like I, you could mess like people were messaging me and saying, oh, let's meet up in the in the coffee corner and let's talk, you know, and they're pitching ideas. And it was just, it was the most slick sort of conference interface that I've ever been a part of. And it was so cool that it was just, you know, in the same city that I live in. So it's awesome to see.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I really like, I really like that too. I think that the interaction level is very exciting. Um, and but the only thing is that once it gets bigger and bigger, it's gonna, you know the the focus and the noise level also grows with it. So, how do you stand out? How do you make the most of your time while you're there, that you're meeting the right people? You know there's a lot of different factors that we have to look at when we're scaling these these conferences even bigger and bigger. So, I mean, they did a great job of it in Lisbon, which I, I felt like there was a lot of stuff going on, but it wasn't like, it wasn't disorganized. It was absolutely like everything was in its place. It just have to make sure you follow the tracks that you're interested in. They started naming all the stages so you can follow that stage throughout three days. So if you're like the only into e-commerce or data science, you could just follow that. We have an auto tech stage this year. So like people like Uber and Volvo and these kind of companies will be talking about the future of that. But you can follow those speakers around the different speaking places and the and the startups so that you only follow that if that you're if that's what you're into, right?
0: Right, that's awesome. So let's talk about your podcast, man. I, you know, as a fellow podcaster, I'm so excited that we actually have. I know we know, had no
1: podcast before. Now we have a
0: bunch of podcasts. Now exactly, I love <laughs> it. So tell us about
1: about your podcast, the Rise Cast. Rise Cast. Well, no, it's just like I just listen to a lot of podcasts now. I don't know why. All of a sudden, the content that's coming on podcasts is incredible. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, Walt Mossberg, who's been to Hong Kong. I've interviewed him. I've hung out with the yep. guy and Kara Swisher, and they do these amazing podcasts over Recode on all their their people there, Peter Mm -hmm. Kafka and stuff like that. I just listen to them. I'm like, wow, these are just amazing. And they find speakers that are just, they have something interesting to say, too. They have a unique perspective. Like, sometimes I've never heard the name, but I listen to it, and it's like, wow, this is so interesting. So because of that kind of content, I wanted to contribute to it. And plus, you know, I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of people I know, I just know. And they're like my friends, so I'm like, who cares, right? But then right. I tell I tell somebody normal that that doesn't know that person that I know them, and they're like, oh, you know that guy? That's amazing. And I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, you know that is kind of amazing. I guess I guess I should share that that I know that yeah. guy or that person and kind of put them on and kind of actually record it because that's another thing of all these events I told you at the beginning that we did for startups HK, we didn't record any of them because I was always like more in the in the in the in the in the moment right like right, let's right. let's you have to be there to be to be there it's like a concert you gotta you can't film this you gotta be there right <laughs> it's kind of make it's exciting that way and who knows what somebody's gonna say right yeah um but now i'm thinking you know i should keep the sort to recording these and kind of like then look back at these like in a few years and then the guys who i'm interviewing like look back and go oh yeah that's weird i said that five years ago or whatever right
0: yeah no i think it's awesome and it's exciting when you if you uh, I, I'm just hoping that one of the people that either of us interview become like the next, you know, unicorn, billion-dollar exit guy or whoever, the next Zuck or something like that. And it would be like, oh, yeah. yeah, I had him on my podcast yeah. when he yeah. was like a pre-seed exactly. <laughs> startup founder. Well,
1: from for from my, from my podcast, I'm trying to interview the speakers that will be at Rise okay. and because yeah. they're only on stage for 20 minutes, right? And right. they may do two or three different sessions, but they'll only be talking about a specific topic. They may be on a panel and they're not really given any time to like, you, sh- you should know who they are kind of thing. So yeah. my podcast is trying to give people a little bit more insight into who they are, what they like, so that when you meet them, you might, and you listen to podcasts, you can like strike up a conversation that isn't more organic than, hey man, yeah, sure. do you have some money for my startup or, you know, <laughs> can you publish my game or whatever. It's more like, oh, I heard your podcast and you said this and I thought this is interesting. You know, that's kind of things that I like to hear. And when people talk to me, right, when they say, oh, I read this story, you said this, or I heard you say this, and so I'm thinking, oh, these people are at least sound like they're interested in, you know, what I'm doing, and so I wouldn't, you know, that means they've done their homework kind of thing. And no, plus, exactly. also doing the podcast is fun, just like reading up on my friends, and I'm like, I haven't seen this guy in a while. Um, I, I read some stories on him, I'm like, hey, this is interesting, I want to see what he's talking about, and then he'll tell me more in depth. And since we know, and also, I don't know about you, but when you know the person, I feel like it's much more fun. because. I kind of know the answers, but I kind of, and I know what I want them to say. So I kind of guide them through the questions that will deliver those answers. Cause I know the audience will be like, "Whoa, that's cool.
0: Yeah. 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 It's definitely, if you, if you know the person, at, at least, you know, you're comfortable speaking with them. It makes for a much more engaging and fun conversation really. And, you know what I've noticed is that I know that you do yours in person, and I do mostly uh, overseas, so it's it's on Skype calls. But the in person ones that I have done, which are a handful, there it's a it's a whole different dynamic, and it's actually much more engaging, and I really enjoy it much more. Uh, so I can see why you do yours uh, strictly in person. So that's awesome. So that's great, man. I you know I, I hope that uh, hope that we can uh, we can we can help you promote your podcast, and I'm happy that. That we have a couple of new high-quality podcasts hitting the Asian circuit. I gotta look to wrap up here, but um, I want to just end with a couple questions. So, as someone that is sort of seasoned and um, you know deeply entrenched in the startup community here in Hong Kong, and also an, an investor, um, uh, you know, with your early-stage uh, investing and 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 uh, entrepreneurship and residence at your fund. What can you what sort of piece of advice, if there's one piece of advice that you could tell to a startup founder, an aspiring entrepreneur that is maybe starting their company or they've just done a seed round in in Hong Kong and they're looking to scale up. What's one sort of piece of advice that you could give them that you've seen uh, can can help them along the way, uh, given your experience?
1: Well, I mean, to me, I think the best thing is just to give back. I think that's the most important thing. So whenever somebody raises some money, we always get them to write a post or do something or tell us a little bit of the tricks of how they did it, right? Right. And so we can share with everybody. So I always feel like that's the one thing. Like, so, I mean, I can't give, there's no one like uh, magic bullet, I guess you would say. I mean, I think that's what you're asking me. Why you want me to give you one piece of advice I would say that you might use for your startup? But I, I don't believe, I think that's impossible. What I think is that as soon as you raise that money, and I think that most of the startups in Hong Kong that we know, I and mean, then the ones that I know personally and through startups HK they've all done this is that they've come out and told their story like this is how long it took us to raise this 300k or or this 6 million or whatever and are very open about that and sharing and that is what I feel is the most important part because the whole ecosystem together needs to grow and learn together and the only way we're going to do that is if people share what they've learned right and like in yeah. Silicon Valley that's like a normal thing but here it's not necessarily that way right i got a lot of startups out there that are raising money by, you know, mystery investors and undisclosed terms and all these kind of stuff that it's like, come on, this is not, this is not a guessing game. This is not like it sounds like you're doing something illegal, right? And then like your, your guest last week, you know, James Giancotti, okay, yeah, sure, it's a huge score for a series A, six million dollars. He's very happy about that, I'm sure. But you know, going out there, writing posts, telling everybody about how he raised it, you know, it's not showing off. He's just telling like, this is how I did it, this is what right. we're building. You know, it's a unique unique uh, product for the market here that's needed, right? Um, and there's people that believe in what they're building. Great. Right. right? I think that's great. And I think that we need to see that, right? Because I think people are looking at, like, things, the wrong things. They're looking at, like, Uber. Oh, ride sharing. Yeah, let's do that. that that's that got billions of dollars. We should just copy that. It's like, right. uh, yeah, I think we've got enough of those. We don't need those anymore, <laughs> right? And then now people are copying all kinds of stuff from China now. And it's just, like, it's getting a little bit out of control. We need to see innovation we need to see things that are going to disrupt um, you know these are the things well these, these are the things i'm interested in right seeing things like renting renting bicycles you know i don't yeah. that's not that's not a thing to me right but talking about you know artificial intelligence and vr and you know disrupting uh, you know data science and things like that and helping using technology to help grow <laughs> businesses i think this is the exciting part yeah. and if you're doing that in hong kong you should be screaming about what you're doing on top of the rooftop to let people know Hey, this is what we're doing. We got money for this. This is a real thing, you know, not just another frivolous, weird app that does something weird, right? This is like real business. It's going to change Hong Kong. It's going to change Asia.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good thing about have you know the podcast is another outlet for for us to actually help celebrate some of those home homegrown wins. So I think that's a it's a great uh, asset. For us to have as community, what any any goals that you have uh, either personal or professional for this year, you know, for two thousand seventeen, Casey.
1: I don't have any personal goals for, for that short period of time. I guess most important thing is I'm always looking to see how I can push the needle forward in uh, this whole mm. startup world, technology, innovation stuff. You know, right now I'm thinking rise is is the most amplified way to do that. Um, even working with startups in, in Hawaii, the Blue Startups program, Accelerator program, we're looking to bring those programs out here to Asia. I think these are like the things that I'm working on that I'm enjoying. And these mm. are the things I think that I think other people need to do as well. Not just not just crazy people like myself, but more more <laughs> corporates should be out there, you know, sharing what they're doing. I saw that new the new media has an accelerator as well now, right? Look at digital media. Yeah, I just there. heard that. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, wow, I like to hear that. I think I heard another unusual vertical has an accelerator, you know, Lane Crawford has an accelerator. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is what I'd like to see. I mean, and I'm willing to, I love to help those people out. They need help. Any Anybody has questions about this kind of stuff. Definitely feel free to reach out because I definitely think that all these things are great. And, uh, the more open it is and the more exchange of ideas, I think this is what, this is what I'm about. This is what I, I think is the best thing about having this, uh, position and having this kind of, uh, I guess brand you would call it um, in, the, in the in the marketplace. So, and I want to be able to use it to help, help, you know, people who want to, you know, live out their
0: dreams. That's awesome. So where can people find you, follow you, connect with you and subscribe to your podcast?
1: Okay. So I guess I'm mostly on Twitter. I love Twitter okay. and I hope it doesn't die and I can see people not using it anymore. I feel really sad, but I love Twitter. I've used it for so long. I've met so many great people on Twitter I've built my whole brand on Twitter because you know that you people you can't see me on Facebook, but you can see me on Twitter if you're from San Francisco. You can see what's going on on call by following me. So at Casey underscore Lao is my Twitter and I mostly post about stuff about startup stuff and mostly of course stuff about Rise and what I'm or what I'm doing. But that's the best way to get a hold of me. Of course I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on every social network, but I'm trying to cut down. Right. So I'm trying to say, okay, LinkedIn and Twitter will be like the main things that we yeah, use. And I try I, to forget yeah. the rest of them because it's getting hard to, uh, you know, all the noise coming in from all different angles is yeah, a bit too yeah. much. But I'm kind of like addicted to it, right? you got to try and balance out the life a little bit to not use it yeah. so much.
0: It's tough. I get overwhelmed as well. And, and what about the podcast? So it's Risecast. You're on iTunes and Stitcher? Yeah, so, or? Yeah,
1: so what I found is that if you go to um, iTunes podcast app and search for RiseConf, C-O-N-F, mm-hmm. you'll find it. Okay. You'll find it there. And then that, that RiseConf will work on Stitcher. And all the other um, uh, podcast apps for iPhone or Android or wherever. We're on SoundCloud. We're on like, everything now. But definitely, I mean, I listen to it on iTunes. Um, I listen to it yeah. on iTunes as well. So it just seems to easy one, yeah, they just cool. all come in there automatically.
0: Yeah, it's the best it's the best one and the most uh most used actually by stats. Yeah. And um if someone wants to buy a ticket to rise, it's just I guess you just google rise conference yeah, asia rise i guess comp. or
1: .com. And yeah, the tickets are uh, still on I think yeah. still on early bird right now. Um so that's definitely a way to get there.
0: Awesome. Well, dude, thanks so much for being on the show. It's, uh, it's great to have uh, have you on and, and share some of your insights. And for all the stuff that you do in Hong Kong for the ecosystem, we obviously thank you. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, hearing more of your, your Risecast episodes and seeing you at Rise. So thanks great. a lot, Casey. Really appreciate thanks your Thanks a lot, Jay. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The J. Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week.